You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Locked On Nationals podcast brought to you by Bill Barr. Go to BillBarr.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off on your next purchase. Once again, BillBarr.com, promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off on your next purchase. Busy show today on this Monday. San Diego, the Padres have been very busy. Uh, they trade for Blake Snell. They acquire uh, Korean star uh, Sung Kim, an infielder who's just 25 years old and is heading now to San Diego. And they're also on the verge of potentially acquiring Yu Darvish as well. And Anthony DeBundo and I are here to break that all down. Um, just note to you guys, we recorded this at about 2 o'clock on Monday afternoon. So if anything is different, that is why. But once again, that is the world that we are living in. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. It is a Monday edition of the Locked On Nationals podcast. And I, I thought that the big news of the weekend, knowing how the baseball offseason goes, was going to be the Josh Bell acquisition for the Nationals. But the Nets have been one-upped. And I think that's kind of how I like it. But uh, they were one-upped as last night at 11 p.m., the Padres acquired Blake Snell from the uh, Tampa Rays. Here to talk about it with me is Anthony DeBundo. Anthony, out of your many qualifications in the sports media business, which one is most applicable? How should I introduce you to the baseball conversation? Which one of those, which one of your titles most applies to this? For, for baseball, that's, that's tricky. Uh, I would say, uh, you know, I would just say that I'm a, I'm an avid baseball watcher. Uh, I, I do some work for the action network, uh, mostly on their soccer side, but I have been helping out and maybe helping out with baseball for next year. Uh, and so uh, you know, I've been a baseball fan my entire life, and uh, I've covered many different sports. Syracuse does not have a baseball. They do not. I go to school, so it is kind of a kind of a let off in that sense. Uh, but I did do, I did cover softball, uh, but there never never baseball. But you know, uh, in terms of in terms of my personal allegiances, uh, I I was a Rays fan this year because I had a, a twenty five to one World Series feature on them, uh, and it did not win. Uh, but it was That's tough. It, it, it was it was a good ride. Um, and I was, I was, you know, I was heartbroken a little bit to see that they traded Snell. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with my, my $25 raise hat that I bought uh, during the Give it to Dick Vitale. Give it to Dick Vitale. And I bought one and I was like, I'm all in. Uh, and it was a fun run. But, uh, you know, as is being a Rays fan that I am and have always been, uh, you know, we have to trade our good players for more prospects to keep the system going. Yeah. And, and that's the big news, right? Is that, is that, you know, uh, the Rays in making this trade. I mean, look, this is what all the teams that are small market teams do, right? If you're not saying they're cash strapped, but this is how they, they restock the farm. What they do is they trade players like this the same way that the, the Pirates played traded, uh, you know, they trade Josh Bell is the same way that the a team like the Rays is going to trade a pitcher like Blake Snell, who's making over $10 million a year, and they're going to send him off now to you know send him off to the Padres and they're going to get uh, obviously a, a good haul for him um, in return. So it's kind of my first question to you is you know from the Rays perspective before we get to the, the Padres because that's that's kind of the big sexy one. But for for the Rays, you know you get Luis Patino, Francisco Mejia, um, Blake Hunt, and Cole Wilcox. Cole Wilcox rather. Those guys are all headed 
to uh, to to Tampa. How do you think the Rays feel about this? I mean, I, I think they have to be happy. You know, they they got a fat haul for for uh, Mr. Mr. Snell. You see, it's tricky with Snell because he obviously <clears throat> had that dominant year, right? 2018, he won the Cy Young. I think he had a sub two ERA uh, and he had a sub three FIP. I mean, he was unbelievable. Uh, but the last two years have not been that, right? And he is a good pitcher without a doubt. Uh, he had a 429 ERA in 2019. He had a 324 in 2020. His FIP was eh, right around 38 average. So he's an, he's an above average starter. He is not an ace. And, and so when you look at that, that, you know, that trade they made, I mean, they gave up a lot of, of top tier prospects and the Rays are probably better at player development than anybody in the entire league. And we've seen how much young talent they've brought through the, the pipeline when Tyler Glass now they traded for uh, and Randy Rosarena had his breakout in the postseason. They have a lot of good young talent on this team and they're just going to add more arms and more and more uh, more bats to it uh, to keep to keep uh, the, the system going. They also lost Charlie Morton, though. So now you're looking at it and you're saying, OK, you know, where's our starting rotation depth? Because they they have Yarbrough will be back and obviously Glass now is the ace for sure. But what about the other days? Uh, and so they're going to have to definitely bring some people along and, and, and improve their development. We may even see some Wander Franco at shortstop. So, you know, they're very well set up, uh, but it's hard to imagine that they can compete with the Yankees in that division next year over the course of 162 games without losing their two of their three best arms. And we, and we say this all the time, right? I mean, we say this about Cleveland. I mean, how many times have we talked about Cleveland saying, well, they're going to fall off because obviously in this division, they've got teams, right? They've got, you've got, uh, you know, you got the White Sox, which are obviously trying to build uh, right now. And you also have the Indians, uh, Indians we're talking about the Twins, who are trying to win now. But like, we, you know, we say this all the time and, and the Indians, or the artists formerly known as the Indians, right. um, you know, they, they're competing, right? This is a team that actively sheds players off the roster, uh, Mike Clevenger, right? And, but they still end up being pretty decent. And so there's, that's kind of the sport of baseball does afford you that chance. I also think the 60 game season helped the raise out in that respect, but for them, this makes a lot of sense. I, I, I still feel like, you know, yes, they're going to worry about the other days of the week, but for them, it's about retooling and then kind of readjusting. And I think maybe they view Blake Snell the same way you do, right. As somebody that in the playoffs was awesome. And because of his stellar playoff performance, that maybe ups his value and ups the view of him. So the the idea of Blake Snell as an everyday, you know, every fifth day guy is up because of a couple of good playoff performances. And look, all credit to him. I mean, you know, say what you want, but there is a very good argument that the, the Dodgers might not have touched him. They left him in the game. So I think there's a lot there, right? But I, I do think, like like you're saying, those experiences that we had, maybe up the idea and the value of Snell. The, I think the idea of Blake I, Snell is what, is what the Padres are trading for. I literally think it was two starts. I and mean, he wasn't good in the ALCS, yeah. right? It was, I mean, Glasnow and, and Morton were awesome in the ALCS. And, and they, you know, Snell was getting hit really hard. He got lucky on a few, got on a yeah. few jams. Um, and you go back to the ALDS against the Yankees. Like he wasn't great in that start against them either. Um, so, you know, these are, t- and then the Yankees and Astros are bad matchups. They're all righty lineups and he's a lefty, but you know, the Padres did this last year with Clevenger, right? They went out and they traded for Clevenger. This feels different because Clevenger's older, right? He's much older. He was definitely past peak. And, and I, and I, you know, an Indian scout that I, that I t- actually talked to, um, you know, was like, we didn't want Clevenger anymore. We couldn't pay him. And he, you know, we got, a he gave, he gave them worth. an out. He gave them an out too. With right. Some of his antics. You know, see ya. 
Um, and this feels different. I, I do wonder actually if, if there is any, you know, bad blood between Cash and Snell for Snell getting pulled. We know he wasn't happy about it uh, in the game six of the World Series. Uh, I doubt it. I don't think the Rays make organizational decisions like that, but definitely could have played a factor. Um, but, you know, when you look at the Rays, uh, you know, they probably will come up with two guys that none of us have ever heard of, like the like Cleveland did with Plesak and uh, I'm blanking on the other name, but they had another guy break through last year and it's just, uh, and, uh, and Chevelle, and you're just like, whoa, like who are these guys? And that's what the Rays seem to do, especially in the bullpen where they just pull out these guys who come in and throw rockets 100 miles an hour and you can't hit them. More from my conversation with Anthony DeBundo coming up here in a second, but first, a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Are we ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season. There's one week left in the NFL regular season as the NFL playoff picture becomes more clear. And there's only one place that we trust, and that is betonline.ag. Go there today, sign up for a free account. You also get a 50% deposit bonus with the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On. If you're like me, you're in tune to the uh, NFL games, the basketball games, <clears throat> rather the college football games too. Uh, you know, college basketball is happening. You can get some futures bets for baseball. That's the kind of thing you're in on uh, right now. Don't sit in the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N. Locked On for fifty percent, fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your sports book experts. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is also brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com right now. Use the promo code Locked On for 20% off on your next purchase. Once again, it's builtbar.com. They've got 18 flavors. There are 12 original flavors. The six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bar, chia lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They also have those 12 original flavors, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. Half of those have nut, half of them are without nut, all of them are covered in chocolate. Once again, BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On for 20% off on your next purchase. Now back to my conversation with Anthony DeBundo about the very active San Diego Padres. Was this the right time for the Padres? Look, you've got Mike Clevenger on the, on the mend. And I, I know they like Paddock a lot. Um, you know, th- this is a rotation that's um, beginning to develop some more, but was this the right time for the for the the Padres to make this deal? In my opinion, it was felt like a year, not too late, but maybe a year too early. Like I, I think maybe with Clevenger, especially with Clevenger on the mend, it feels like maybe this was a bit, uh, maybe a bit too early for them to to go out and make this move because. The idea is if you have a full rotation, those two guys can both be in it. But now you're kind of just replacing another guy with a trade. And maybe you could have gotten somebody else down the line for some more value because clearly they're going for it. Um, But I just don't know how much you can go for it without a guy like Clevenger. I think they kind of got unlucky at the end of last season. Uh, You know, they make the Clevenger trade and he gets hurt. And then LeMay gets hurt. And Paddock fell off a cliff uh, at the end of the year. Uh, and so you end up with like no good starters and you go into a playoff series with the Dodgers with no good starters. And then you're completely screwed. Um, so then they come back this year and they say, okay, maybe Clevenger was a mistake, but Snell, I would never call this move a mistake, right? They're trading for a guy who's post who's pre pre prime in theory. He's only 27. Uh, and they're getting him to partner with LeMay and Paddock in what I think could be a very good one, two, three. Uh, you figure Clevenger will factor in there somewhere. I don't know what they're going to get out of him anymore. 
Uh, he might be cooked. If he's not cooked, then you're getting a, a very good. Well, you don't even starter. get him until 2022, though. And right. that's the thing is, like, yeah. you're not going to get him until 2022, and that's why yeah. you know you're kind of worried. Go, keep going. But they didn't lose. They didn't lose Mackenzie Gore, right? And like they were talked, they were going to bring. They him might. <laughs> right. They were talked. They were going to bring him for the for the playoffs last year. That he might get a start because they were so they were so screwed at the end of last year. Mm. Uh, like if he's in the rotation, they have Joey Lucchese, who's like a decent four or five starter, like definitely better than most four or fives in the league. Uh, and their bullpen's solid. And obviously, we know the lineup. Like, I'd make a strong case the Padres are like the third best team in baseball. Hmm. The problem is that the first best team in baseball is playing them 18 times a year and going to win that division again. So that's really the, like geographically, they just need like a realignment or something. Well, they also get to play the Rockies and they get to play, you know, I think the well, Giants were decent. And, yeah. Uh, you know, you, I mean, you get, you, so as much as you can get to play a great team, like but you're not I would rather be in that division. I don't look, but I'd rather be there than being like the National League East. Would you rather have four teams in your division that fancy themselves as playoff teams or would you rather have two and kind of uh, two on the outside yeah. saying, well, Hey, you know, maybe we can make it the right kind of push for the Dimebacks and, and obviously the Rockies. Um, but my next question is this though, because we're seeing now that, you know, that they're the Padres are in deep conversations trying to get, um, trying to get you Darvish. And this one, this is a deal that would probably include uh, Mackenzie Gore. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, this is a team that look is they've got this farm system and they're trying to empty the tank here to build this roster. I mean, they're making it pretty well known their intentions for 2021 and 2022. You see, it's really tricky, right? Cause you Darvish has pretty much been the best pitcher in the national league, not named Jacob deGrom for like a year now, uh, a second half of 2019 and then 2020, he was electric. And like I said, only deGrom probably better, but he's 33. Uh, and I am really hesitant to give up your team's top prospect and like a guy who we think is a pretty surefire, like good major leaguer and maybe even more um, to a Cubs team that has no leverage, who is on the decline, just so you can get another starter in there. Like, I don't know how many, how much you Darvish is really worth to that, to that rotation when you, when you consider the depth they have. That's really tough. I mean, if you're, if your goal is to beat the Dodgers though, you almost kind of have to. But is your goal to beat the Dodgers now or in like two or three years when Tatis is entering his prime potentially? He's only, what, 21, if that. So you're looking at guys who are pre-peak. Uh, they have Cronenworth, who had a great year as a rookie. I, I hate the idea of giving up top prospects for a 33-year-old pitcher who's got a lot of innings logged over the last 10 years. Yes, I, I understand that. And I, I think – it feels like, desperation when they should not be at all desperate. Like they are not a team. Yeah, you don't have to be, twilight right? years of their of their. Well, that's, uh, that's what that's roster. what strikes it to me is when you're making these deals, right? When you're going to getting, you know, you're going to getting Mike Clevenger, um, and then you know when you're going and you are trading for, uh, you know, you're trading for, in this situation now, Blake Snell. You know, it, it's starting to feel like a little bit like you're starting to press, you're starting to push, and like you said, Anthony, they're, they're in a spot where they don't have to. Like this is not the demands of the moment are not telling you you have to do this now. And look, the Dodgers are gettable. Um, they, actually, I'll say this. The Dodgers were gettable. Winning might've put them over the hump because they needed to get over the hump and winning in baseball multiple years is hard, but I don't think, I think the feeling right now around baseball is that there's not a whole lot stopping the Dodgers from going back and winning another one, right? Barring an injury, obviously. There's not a whole lot stopping the Dodgers from getting maybe back-to-back or two and three years. 
and I understand what they want to do here. I, I get it. Yes, if you like, if you feel like you have to compete with them now, go ahead and get you Darvish. If, if you feel like that's what you have to do, but I'm not sure they have to do it. Well, if you just look at the age of their lineup, right? It's like okay, we have a we have a 23 year old Trent Grisham who just had his best year. We have a 29 year old Will Myers who's in his prime and also had a great year last year. Uh, Manny Machado is 27, entering in theory his prime. Fernando Tatis, one of the best players in baseball, he's 21. Jake Cronenworth, 850 OPS and is as a rookie. Uh, he's 26. Eric Hosmer's 30 at first base. Uh, another solid hitter. Like they have, you know, one uh, and Jerson Profar had a great year. He's 27. So you're looking at guys who are like, none of them are above 31. You're looking at a team that's, that's only going to be trending up in theory at the plate. Um, why go buy a 33 year old pitcher? You can buy a 27 year old pitcher and, and who's, who's going to add to your rotation. But again, I don't, I don't understand. And in terms of competing with the Dodgers, I mean, if you're thinking, okay, we can't beat the Dodgers in uh, the regular season over 162 games, but can we beat them over five or seven? That's an entirely different conversation, I think. And I think, I mean, they had a lot of success against the Dodgers last year too. So maybe. Maybe, right? Maybe. I, that's, the, that's the issue I have is that they're not going to beat them over 162. That's the thing. And then you shorten it down to beating them over seven. And look, the Rays had a really good chance of doing it. And, and so, did, so did the Braves too, but they the Braves couldn't. had them beat. Yeah, the Braves had them beat, but that, that's this. This is how good the Dodgers are. The Braves like, didn't have their best. Pit, the Braves didn't have their best pitcher last year. Yeah, like no, they Mike did, Soroka, they did, and they didn't. They didn't have him. But here's the thing: the Dodgers, like you say all this stuff, you know, but the Dodgers end up sticking it out, right? No. The Dodgers also incur one of the worst losses I've ever seen in a playoff game, um, in, you know, against the Rays, and they recovered, right? And they they recovered fine. And that's, that's, that's kind of the story here about the Dodgers is like this, this version of the Dodgers got over the hump in a way the past versions hadn't, and they still have all of those guys. So I don't think like, to me, this group of Padres players is not at even close to the point where they're knocking on the door of being able to contend with the Dodgers, especially the playoffs. That, that's, that's kind of my question. I prefer the guys who have been there before. I know it's kind of like narrative E, you know, stuff. But like I prefer those guys who've been there before. I mean, in baseball, how often do we see that stuff mattering? It matters. A whole, I mean, the Nationals when they won it were the oldest team in baseball. How many dudes in that team last year in the Dodgers were guys that had been really freaking close and hadn't won? How, the, the team that did win for the um, uh, for for the Red Sox, a team that was very very you know got a lot of guys who had been close. Some guys you know in the past who had won, they were able to get the win. So that stuff matters to me, and that's. I mean, that's none of that you see on this version of the, of the Padres. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I didn't think they'd get out of the first round. I, you know, they really struggled with St. Louis, who really was a dead horse, but they, they ended up pulling that one out. Uh, but yeah, they really did get outclassed in the, in the Dodgers series. But again, it comes down to starting pitching, uh, which is my belief in how you win in the playoffs, starting pitching and timely hitting. And they just had no, no arms left. So I get the idea of addressing a very glaring weakness, though. So, you know, it's, it's tricky, um, but like the Padres were the, you see Atlanta getting a lot better. Like those are, I think, very clearly the three best teams in the National League. Atlanta yes. gets Charlie Morton in there. Uh, that front, like that, that starting rotation, if, if Morton still got a lot in the tank, which it looked like he did at the end of last season, Morton, Soroka, and Max Fried is like top five rotation in baseball. That's killer. It's killer. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And like, you know, and, you know, this is a Nationals podcast and I know the Nationals are kind of, in a transitional phase here where they have like a generational talent. They're, then, re, they're retooling. They're, re, and they're, they're like, ready to go for mm, a run. You know, Scherzer looks like he's kind of cooked, but, but when you look what at. What are you talking about? Looks <laughs> like he's kind of cooked. 
What do you mean? Besides giving up a, home, a few more home runs, and I mean, Cook from a he can't stay healthy anymore. I mean, from a, yeah, well, he's still his body's breaking down. This he's guy will pay, this guy will pitch through any injury. Also, here's the thing too. Cook for him is relative, right? This is well, yes, won, of course. I'm not saying he's. Times. I'm not saying he's. Uh, yeah. he's uh, well, I think it's Tanner Roark. I'm just yeah. saying that you know he can't. Out. He's not at the level he was, right? So, and so, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's an interesting situation in the National League where you're basically everybody. You know, it, it's it's kind of like the NBA, right? The MLB isn't usually this way where you're saying, okay, we need to retool to beat specifically build our team to beat one team. Yeah. Uh, whereas the NBA feels like that all everybody does. Uh, but this is almost like the Padres acknowledging that the Dodgers lineup is like, it, it, you know, it's the death lineup and you just like, okay, we're not going to get through this without elite pitching. So we got to go find some. Yeah. Well, it's really, it's really weird because I actually think that depending on where you're located, like you, like you mentioned the geographical part of it. Like I, I think everybody in the national East right now is looking at, at the Braves and saying that, right. It's, it's how do we beat the Braves? West coast is the same thing. Cause I mean, like, you know, as look, the Braves are going to have to, if they want to beat the Dodgers, they got to get over that hump. But still, the Braves own the Easter. I mean, the, the Braves are the squarely the second best team in the National League. There's no debate around that. I don't know. Are you serious? I think I might take, I think I might take San Diego. No, no, no. no. Dude, no. Kirby Yates comes back and he's like the level he was at last two years ago. And you add in Blake Snell, like, yeah, and then you know, yeah, but that Paddock, rotation plus that lineup. Paddock the, is the what he does. For, Paddock repeats his rookie year instead of like his sophomore year where he was trashed. Like it's a very real possibility that yeah, but those guys, but there is a further bridge for them to jump than, than for the Braves. Like the Braves don't like the Braves got a pretty down year from Ronald Acuna and lost their best pitcher, and were still able to make the National League Division uh, Championship Series well, yeah. and be a game away. Game away. That's yeah. why I'm saying like if if you're a National League East, East team, you know the way the Nats structure their roster. Obviously, they play the Dodgers a whole lot less, but like you're, you're trying, if you're kind of going with the how to be an NBA, you know, NBA model and saying, how do we beat Team X? You're looking at the Braves and you're saying, how do we beat the Braves? Right. I mean, right. That's, that's kind of the team that you're looking at. Well, yeah. I mean, it's always your team in your division. Right. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't know that anybody's close in the division right now. I agree with that. Yeah. I don't, well, it's, I mean, and it feels like now the Dodgers won. Is anybody really that close to the Dodgers? Like, I, yes. I, I like, we're playing revisionist history here, but they were up three one in the series. I know, but those two, <laughs> but those last two games were like blowouts. Game seven, they hit a home oh, run in like the seventh inning. Okay, okay, okay. Was there ever any doubt about the Dodgers winning that game? Yes. No, there I was thought so. <laughs> the Braves bullpen's just okay. as good, and they the, were in the game. Okay, that one's hit a home run. The, okay. At the end of the day, it was. It felt like what we were doing. We we're watching the Braves bullpen because as good as they were this year. What were they known for notorious in the past? And I know, look, I know they were different. I'm just telling you. That's super narrative-y, though. You know how it is narrative-y, but what did it feel like? But that's, you could also make the claim like. that the Dodgers were the same way for years, too. Like they, 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 that's they, what I'm saying. That, that, that's actually what I'm saying here is, but you know what they did this year? They actually got over the hump they they, in, in, a, in a pretty significant way. Well, I would agree with that. Besides, uh, the, but besides the point here is being that, look, I, I think – I'm I th- actually looking back on what we just talked about the last 20 minutes or so. I think I was being a little bit too harsh on on the Padres. Good for them for going and taking the swing at the Dodgers. Maybe not the right time to do it, but actually good for them for going and trying. I think it's actually one thing that we should we should acknowledge. You agree with that statement? Absolutely. I I just don't know what like what hmm. you could ba- you could basically bank on the fact that your players are going to get better, and like that's yes. a pretty good bet when your your players are pre prime and pre peak, right? But uh, like you said, it didn't feel like they were that close last year. 
Snell gets them a lot closer. I, I think Snell can get them to the point where they're like competitive with the Dodgers in a seven game series, taking it to six or seven. I don't think it can get to them to the point where they're overcoming the Dodgers, but I don't even think you Darvish does that either. And you Darvish probably hurts them in four years rather than, you know, when they may have a better chance of, of getting over this Dodgers grip on the division when maybe Betts and Bellinger are no longer, uh, you know, even, even not even those guys, but Turner and uh, Muncy aren't in their primes anymore. All right, Anthony, I uh, appreciate your time. Where can people find you and your work in all of its variety and glory? Yeah, so uh, if you're interested in uh, sports betting, I do a lot of soccer writing for the Action Network. Uh, if you're interested in Syracuse sports, I do a lot of football and men's basketball coverage for the Daily Orange, dailyorange.com, uh, covering uh, those sporting events, which are basketball's on pause because of COVID outbreaks and they haven't played in three weeks, but they'll be back January 6th. And then you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Fundo for all kinds of uh, data and nerd and fun facts and stats and takes and whatnot that I often throw out on the account. So that's me. All right, Anthony DeBundo joining us on the Locked On Nationals podcast. Again, thank you, Anthony, for your time.